Welcome back, everybody, to the Prescribing Truth Podcast right here on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash prescribe truth. I'm Jamal Bandit. If this is your first time checking out the show, please consider subscribing if you find this content useful. And hit that notification bell on the side so you can be notified when I have new content. If you're listening to this on podcast on your different podcast apps, I'm available on iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play, and the such. Um, please remember to leave a rating and a review. This helps me out a lot. Um, if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do so by partnering with us on Patreon. The link is in the description. And also, you see it scrolling across the bottom here. Um, Patreon.com forward slash prescribe truth. Anywhere from a dollar up really helps out the show. And in return, um, we have different rewards here. So yeah, take part in the post show, the pre show. You can uh, have your questions featured on the show, video questions um, that, that can feature on the show, and so on and so forth. You just check that out. Um, even have topic suggestions and all that. Um, if not, I appreciate your prayers. Um, I want to continue on, and I'm taking out a part of this book, this Woke Church, Woke Church by Eric Mason. Um, nice looking book, by the way. Design is nice. You know, I really do like design. It's really nice. Um, I started off last time talking about uh, the first couple pages of Chapter 1 and, and discussing some points in the forwards that I thought were problematic. And um, I realized... And there's so much, um, I don't know if you can even tell, but I have different parts just marked up in this book. And I know if I was to try to do a podcast once a week um, discussing all this, it would be forever before I'm through. And so what I decided to do is, you know, because I know there are going to be many people who's, who's going to be discussing this book and having their input and whatnot. And so uh, what I decided to do is take little, take portions of the book or what I've read so far especially in this first part, and then um, make sure just, just focus on that particular portion and then go from there. So today I want to talk about how has Eric Mason decided to define woke? What is woke? Now on the on the page 25, he starts on the second paragraph, well not second paragraph, but the, the, on, this, on, the, in this, on page 25 in that portion it says what do you mean by woke um that's the title of that part it starts about half the page and he says my desire in this book is it is to encourage the church to utilize the mind of christ and to be fully awake to the issues of race and injustice in this country and so now this is the thing being fully awake so not just awake but fully awake now if you remember the last video I talked about where he used the scripture of Ephesians to talk about what Christians should awake, be awake. And the context of that is talking about us being already saved or we're believers that we're still trying to dwell in sin. So this is not our dealing with things outside of us, but things within us. That's what that particular text is talking about. As a matter of fact, let's look at it real quick before I go any further. Ephesians 5, 13 to 14. I want you guys to see what I'm talking about because this is going to have a big part to do with the definition of woke or definitions given for woke. All right. So Ephesians 5, 13 through 14. Um, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake sleeper and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Now I'm reading from an NASB. Now, uh, I'm going to go up a few verses, and we're going to go to um, verse 6. We want to go with the context. Um, 
Matter of fact, no, I'm going to go to verse 3. Verse 3. I'm sorry. I got to go to verse 1. I got to go to verse 1 because I got to start at verse 1 and read 3. So y'all bear with me. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immort immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you. So these things shouldn't be named among you. As is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of who? The sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the world. I mean, light in the Lord. So, here, check this out. You were formerly darkness. But then it says, but now you are light in the Lord. You are individuals. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. This is of ourselves. This is what that light consists of, of ourselves. Trying to learn what the ple what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate. Here we go. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake sleeper and arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, seeking, seeing, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. That's all the way through verse 21. So given that, given that context, remember, this is what Aaron Mason says concerning that portion, that when Paul talks about everything being exposed by the light, this doesn't merely mean to see something that was hidden, it is deeper than that. The word for exposed means rebuke, expose, refute, so on and so forth. It says what Paul is saying is that the gospel strengthens us through the spirit to see things in our society that others do not. We are called as people of God to wake up, to see what others don't and call it out. The church in America is not awake to the reality of what is happening in communities across this nation. And we are missing out on our calling to shine the light into these places of darkness for Christ's glory. Now. In the context of what we read in Ephesians 5 there, this is not talking about going out there and just and taking a stand against what's going on in society. 
when you expose something, you don't it, think about exposure. It says, do not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose the works of darkness. Check this out. We're going to read this part again. This four, he says, uh, do not participate, verse 11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And, and, the, and keep in mind this, what is the person awaking from? Being dead. Arise from the dead, not arise from being asleep, arise from being dead. Christ shines in us because we are born again. We are awakened, and those deeds are made exposed because of the light that shines within us. And so this is here talking about us understanding and knowing what is evil in the world, according to the will of God, knowing what pleases him. That's, that's what that is. So it's not talking about being awake to things in society as something that's to take a stand on, which we do. We take a stand on, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying that that text is not talking about that. We expose that. We, we expose these issues, things that are injustices, evil. The, you know, think about everything that was named prior to that. Immorality. All of this. Let's, let, let's look at what Paul names in here. He says... For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ our, and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you, are for, you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Before it says, do not be partakers with them in their, in their deeds of darkness. It's saying we were once darkness. What does that mean? We were once dead in our sins. So we don't, we're no longer participating in other people's sins. But we expose those things. They, those are evils, right? So we can, we can speak on those things. They're evil. They're wrong. You know, things that are evil, things that are unjust, the sins that people commit and counting it good and all that stuff, we speak against those things. So in that light, in that light, no one would disagree. But that is not how Dr. Mason is using that verse. It's when he says that we are asleep, or we're not awake to the reality of what is happening in the communities across this nation, or we are missing out on our calling to shine the light into these places of darkness for Christ's glory. He's not talking about simply being able to say, hey, these things are evil according to the will of God, like injustices and, and racism and all that stuff like that. He's not saying that. He's saying because we're not doing certain actions, therefore this light is not being shined. But that's what it says, expose them. And that's what exposure is. Anyway, so, so we're talking about woke. 
He says, my desire in this book is to encourage the church to utilize the mind of Christ and to be fully awake to the issues of race and injustice in this country. So, every Christian acknowledges that there exists some sort of racism within people, not just on the white side, but on the blacks as well, and across other ethnicities. Racism exists, right? And injustices exist. You know, so, so that's not, that was never the argument. The argument is, far as the narrative, how the narrative is put together as far as how big of a scale this is, as far as what's going on, even compared to before. Like I mentioned in the last uh, program, how Ligon Duncan, he talks about how even, like, where everything happened in the past, that racism that was all the way, those years ago, still continued all the way through the 90s, where there were black Christians being denied membership in churches, in predominantly white churches. And I'm still, I'm still waiting for an example of that. I'm trying to see, like, in the 90s to the, up until the millennial, what churches were doing that? I, I really want to know that. I mean, because I, I could be ignorant to that. Somebody may know, and I just, I just haven't heard it. I'm, I haven't really been waiting on that. But then he says, Pan-Africanists and black nationalists use the term woke to refer to no longer being naive nor in the mental slavery. So being naive, understanding, like not understanding the history of America, things have happened concerning blacks and so on and so forth. Because really woke is only given dealing with black people. And that's the thing. Like this is not, you can't be like, really, you're not woke if you're um, anything other than black. Because you don't have to be worried about being naive to what happened to your history. Like so if you're you black, then you're asleep, now you're woke. Because you're no longer naive to things that took place in history. And now, you know, you're no longer in mental slavery so to speak. So, now, he says, we have borrowed the term and redeemed it to be used in the context of being awakened from deadened sinful thinking. Now, that, that, people, is the definition that's laid out in Ephesians 5. Being awakened from deadened sinful thinking. That's, that's what the awakened means. That's what it's awakened talking about in Ephesians 5. I would agree with that. And he says, in fact, every believer has been awakened from sin's effects and Satan's deception. Ephesians 5.14. So, that's true. I agree with that as well. I underlined all this. But then he says, thus the believer is able to be aware of sin and challenge it wherever it is. Amen. I agree with all of that. And the reason why I underline this is because I'm going to hold him accountable to what he says. That he's redeeming that word to me. Remember, we have borrowed the term and redeemed it. That means we make it. We're we're making it. We're bringing it to its its real state. We're redeeming it to its rightful possession, rightful position of what it actually means, and to be used in a context of being awakened from dead and sinful thinking. So, he's borrowed the term and redeemed it. So no, so no longer should woke be. The meaning of being naive or in the mental slavery, but rather being awakened from dead and simple thinking. That is what he says that definition of woke will be. Now, will he be consistent with that? I'm going to say no. From what I read from the continuing on the next couple pages, no, he would not be consistent with that. Now, you say, Jamal, where you, where you get all that? Okay, well, I'll tell you. After he says this, in the next paragraph, he says, woke is a word commonly used by those in the black community as a term for being socially aware of issues that have systemic impact. 
This social awareness doesn't come from just watching the news or reading history through a traditional lens. Being woke has to do with seeing all of the issues and being able to connect cultural, socioeconomic, philosophical, historical, and ethical dots. A similar term is conscience. Now, in this paragraph, he's talking about how this word is commonly used, right? So it said, this social awareness doesn't come from just watching the news and any of that. It has to do with seeing all the issues and being able to connect cultural, socioeconomic, philosophical, historical, and ethical dots. Keep that in mind. He just said he's redeeming the word, and it means being awakened from sinful. What he says, awakened from dead and sinful thinking. That's what being awake is, being woke, in his definition. But the world commonly uses it as such, or consciousness. But we go forward. He says, both conscious, and this is on the, it's page 26, both conscious and woke find their beginnings in the writing of William Edward Bogart. And I probably, I probably pronounced the name wrong. But W.E.B. Du Bois, the great 20th century father of sociology. He spoke of a double consciousness. Du Bois speaks of being woke in terms of double consciousness of black people in his landmark work, The Souls of Black Folk. Now, within W.E.B. Du Bois, um, the citation of his, um, from his um, work, this is what I underlined that I found very interesting. It says, it's towards the end of, that, of his uh, citation. One ever feels his two-ness. So, Du Bois is saying that black person, only blacks, not whites, not Hispanics, no one else. Blacks. Blacks have a, a two-ness about themselves. And he says, one ever feels his two-ness. An American, a Negro. Two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings. Two warring ideals in one dark body. Whose dog strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. So, the average black man, according to W.E.B. Du Bois, has a two-ness. He's an American and he's a Negro. And that, was, and that part of him just battles. He battles as an American and he battles as a Negro. And they war against each other. There's two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled striving, two warring ideals in one dark body. This is like, this is some, this is some, this is some suffering right here. Can you imagine the, 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 what, he's, what he's describing as what a, a black man deals with or a black person deals with? This suffering, like, oh, am I American or am I Negro? Uh, I, I love America, but I hate America. I, 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 I want to get along with whites, but they, but they hurt me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all this, that, that's, that's, that is warring. That, that's, that's hard to think about. But this is, this is his understanding. The history of the American Negro is the history of this strife. The longing to attain self-conscious manhood to merge his double self into a better and truer self. Now that's double consciousness. And he said, this double consciousness that Du Bois identifies is the struggles of blacks in America. It is a struggle to emerge with a strong sense of self and dignity while being fully aware of the perception of our people in the eyes of white America. Most African Americans have, have had at least two life-altering experiences that are burned into their memory 
the moment they realized they were black and the moment they realized that was a problem. So much in that. I'm going to, I'm going to hold off for the sake of this. It says, and it goes on. Double consciousness is a reality for minorities in this country. But I would like to add a third consciousness to this conversation. Now, well, I'm, I'm going to pause here before I continue to read that part. He just said a page ago that he's redeeming the word woke into meaning being awakened from deadened, sinful thinking. Dead and, and sinful is about the same. It's like dead and we're dead in sin. We're not dead into knowing what's going on in the world. We're not dead into knowing or being aware of people being wrong to other people. We're dead into sin. We're dead to sin. So therefore, therefore, we're not alive in Christ, if, you know, until we're born again. So we're dead to sin. We love our sin. We're bound to sin. That's what we're being. That's what we're dead to. All right. So we're dead to sin and, and, and we have the sinful thinking. So he's saying this is being awake. That's what it is. Being free of that. Right. So that was just a page ago. Well, now he's adopting Du Bois double consciousness and adding a third consciousness to it. Now. My thing is, if the word was redeemed, then why not your third con your third point be replacing the two that Du Bois gave? Why would that be included in that? Because they're not redeeming it. You're not redeeming it, and and you're you're not borrowing it. You're you're basically using it and basically just adding to it. There's basically it's not being redeemed. You know, for instance, we take people who say uh, hip hop. Like we're like Christian Christian hip hop. They're redeeming the the art form by using it for Christ, using it for the glory of Christ. But see, only thing that, if that's the case, only thing all you're doing when doing Christian hip hop versus regular hip hop or rap music, you're changing the lyrics. I mean, that's basically that's basically the thing. You only thing only thing all all that it is is changing the lyrics. But what is rap? Rap isn't the beat. Rap isn't the drum sounds. Rap is what's being said, and in the way it's being said, as far as the, the the style and everything else. But what is being said is the rap. That's what you're rapping. You know what I'm saying? So when you redeem that and you make it for the glory of Christ, you change the content. The content's changed. You're no longer talking about how you love bees and, and hoes and all that stuff like that, and you love going out and killing and doing drugs and all that stuff like that. You're redeeming it now to mean something greater, something better. So now... You're not adding to doing those things. You're replacing those things with something greater, right? That's redeeming. That's what you did when you redeemed those things. Here, it's not what he's doing. He's not making it something. Not not taking it upon himself or redeeming it to Christ. He's adding to it. And let's keep in mind, W. E. Du Bois was not a Christian. He wasn't a Christian. And and during that time, there were churches who were solid back then. There weren't. And I mean solid. I mean those who followed the Bible. Those who didn't. Who weren't over there um, denying blacks their freedoms and trying to deny them their rights and so forth. There were there were Christians out there and Christian churches who believed that all men are made in the image of God and and walked as such. But he was an atheist. So this double consciousness comes from an atheist perspective that Eric Mason is adopting and adding, trying to add Christ on top of that. No, no, sir. Let me let me, let me continue this. He says I would like to add a third consciousness to that. He said the third consciousness is what's being truly woke is rooted in. So you're truly woke when you have this third consciousness. So, uh, so this is the thing. You're truly woke once you have this third conscious. 
But other than other than that, having that third conscious, you're still woke. This this is this is what I'm talking about. You're you're truly woke. You know what I'm saying? Like so, you're truly woke when you have this Christ consciousness, right? But everything else, like that's woke. But you're you're truly woke when you get here. You know. And so let me let me finish. He says, being truly woke is rooted in Christ consciousness. This is the anchor. This is the common ground. At our core, without being conscious in Christ, our souls are still in bondage and can only see things from the natural, fleshly appearance. Our Christ consciousness gives the double consciousness depth and character. You check that out. I hope you heard that. So the Christ consciousness doesn't replace the double consciousness. What it does, it gives it depth and it shapes it, gives it character. So double consciousness is, is supposed to be a real thing. And keep this in mind. Double consciousness can only be for one set of people. That's black people. Black people can only ones who have that double consciousness, according to W.E.B. Du Bois and Dr. Air Mason. So they're the only ones who have this double consciousness. But you have Christ. If you have Christ, then you only have a piece of that. So you don't have the rest. So you don't even have the you don't you have the anchor, but nothing's nothing's anchoring. It, the anchor's not attached to anything. Basically. Because he said that Christ consciousness is the anchor. So that's what holds it down. But everything else, I mean, if you're if you don't if you're not black, you don't have anything else. You just have an anchor. It's not holding anything down. It's just basically just sunken down. I mean, that has to be the logical conclusion of all this. It says, however, now this is the point. This is what I'm trying to make. This is the point I'm making here on page 27. However, if one is regenerated by the gospel, yet so they have the, they have the anchor that Christ consciousness. If, if one is regenerated by the gospel, yet unaware of the double consciousness of African Americans and other ethnic minorities in America, one's clarity on justice and race issues will be clouded and even absent. This is what being woke is now. Being aware. One's clarity. On justice and race issues will be clouded because they don't have the double consciousness. Now keep in mind what that double consciousness is. Sense of self indignity for the black man. While being fully aware of the perception of black people in the eyes of white America. So if you don't have that, if you don't have that, then you, you can't talk about anything. You're not going to have any clarity on anything. Now, self having a strong sense of self and dignity I mean I, I thought I thought our dignity all of us had dignity value worth because we're made in the Imago Day regardless if you're black or not so I mean but that shouldn't be a double consciousness thing that should be just the fact that we're made in the image of God thing like we, we're all made with dignity and worth and value regardless of what sinful men done we the truth is we're all made with dignity and value and worth but then this, the second part of this double consciousness is about being fully aware of the perception of our people in the eyes of white America. I'm like, 
Wow. I mean, I mean, yes. Years ago, years ago, I mean, people they didn't think they didn't think black people were men, were human. I mean, the study the study about the whole issue about the curse of Cain and all that about measuring the skulls of um of Africans and saying that we were smaller and we were inferior to whites because you know, they had to be superior and all that. So they didn't think they didn't think we were really human. They didn't think we were really that valuable and all that stuff. They thought we were cursed. I mean, yeah, the perception was crazy. But, like, since then, since, since all of that, since the gospel has, has gone forth more clearly and more effectively in our country, like, this isn't the case in the, in the, in the, in a wide, in a, how can I say, as a dominant sense. Like, back then, it was a dominant thing. That was, you had a few, a few people. You saw African Americans as actually being humans, like a few out of the whole country. I'm just saying, out of the whole, just percentage wise, you know, what I'm saying like it was the majority of people. Put it like this: the majority of people didn't see uh, Africans as being valuable or see them as being humans. But there were a percentage of people who did. But since that time, that percentage has grown, grown so much more so now that. The percentage of those who don't see African Americans as human and de and, des and and deserving of dignity or having dignity and value are the lesser percentage. I mean, I, can, I mean, I say that with with fullness, man. Like that's of a lesser percentage now. And so, being fully aware of the perception of our people in the eyes of white America, it's like, what is that perception? They view us as less of than human, right? How do you know that? They say we don't have no dignity. We don't have no value. How, how do we know that? I mean, we knew it then because of the laws that were placed, the policies that were in place. And listen, the, the, not just the couple occasions where police were being brutal to blacks, but the mass issues like when, when blacks were being beaten by, police, beaten by police officers and so on and so forth. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of that going on. It wasn't just a couple of anomalies. It was a lot. You know, so like, what is it now? You know, we can talk about the past all day, but what is it now? And that's what I'm not seeing. And then, uh, so you're not fully you're not fully woke until you have all three aspects of consciousness. Now, that's why I say he's, he hasn't redeemed the term woke. He's kept that definition of woke that an atheist gave and just put Christ on it. That's like putting that's like that's like spraying air freshener on stank clothes. You see what I'm talking about? You ain't redeemed those clothes. You just put air freshener on stink clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what you're doing here. Therefore, to be fully awoke, one needs to have all three aspects of consciousness. And keep in mind now, what he said woke was earlier is redeemed it is being awakened from deadened, sinful thinking. So the word woke has not been redeemed in Dr. Eric Mason's definition. He said it. That's what he desired to do, I guess, but he didn't succeed. And within not even it didn't even take three three pages later to find that out. He kept the same definition of what woke is commonly used in our culture and just put some and put some air freshener on it. Put some sweet smelling aroma of Christ on it, but yet doesn't cover the stench that's there. And that's the thing. If you're fully awoke in Christ, you don't need the other two talking about other the other two the double consciousness. If you're woke in Christ, why? 
Because if you're walking Christ, you already know. You already know that all men are made in the image of God, have value, have dignity, have worth. And you already know that people should treat each other with justice and fairness, right? That's, that's what it is. We're, we're, we should be just towards one another and treat each other fair. And injustices should be exposed. Evil deeds of darkness should be exposed and dealt with. You know, called out. You know what I'm saying? Make, make sure these things aren't named among you. So we see that in a text. You know, so that's, so if you're, if, if you're in Christ, then you're not, the, you're not calling it double consciousness, triple consciousness. You're, you're born again. So why are we taking an atheistic understanding and trying to make it, and trying to make it, trying to like find Christ in something that's atheist, that's atheistic? I don't understand that. Now, I'm going to read this last part, and I'll be through with this, this portion. Now, I put it in the margins. I thought woke was redeemed, page 25. And, and so, and this reason why I say it, he says, being woke isn't limited to color or ethnicity or culture. So, remember now, double consciousness, that's the woke part. Being, having a strong sense of self and dignity while being fully aware of the perception of our people in the eyes of white America. Our people is not talking about the Hispanics, is not talking about the, 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 um, the Italians or anything else. They're, talk, they're talking about blacks. That's what W.E.B. W -E the boys gives this definition, and you adopt that definition from him. He says, the double conscious that he does identifies is the struggle of blacks in America. That's what he identifies. Now, you may say minorities to talk about other ethnicities as well, but this is all about dealing with black people. Anyway, he says, it is, it is possible for anyone to be woke if you have a level of understanding of the double consciousness of blacks and are regenerate, you are woke. So you got to have, have an understanding of, of, double, of the double consciousness of blacks. You are woke. So this, so... Uh, you just say that just and that's why this just ah uh, okay. You just said therefore to be fully woke, one needs to have all three aspects of consciousness. That means you possess these consciousness. But he just says that well anyone can be woke if you have a level of understanding of the double consciousness of blacks. So you, you have an understanding of their double consciousness, but you yourself don't have that double consciousness. And yet you're regenerate. So now he says you're woke. Well, you just says that one can't be fully woke unless they have all three aspects. That means you're not, a, not, not being aware of somebody else's consciousness, but having their own. So I got to have my own double consciousness along with my third consciousness of Christ consciousness in order to be fully woke. But now you're saying that, no, I don't need to have the double consciousness. I just got to be aware of somebody else having a double consciousness. That's why I said this is mostly about black people. It's not talking about minorities and all that stuff. He's singling out blacks. This partiality. Then he says, however, our dilemma is this. Sin and strongholds in our thinking can impair the depths of our wokeness. Now remember, paragraph, couple paragraphs ahead, 
before this, he says that the Christ consciousness is what gives the double consciousness depth and character. This is why this this is why it's all this stuff is like it's just mangled together. It's like mush. He says the dilemma is that sin and strongholds and our thinking can impair the depths of our wokeness. So you're woke. Without Christ consciousness, you're woke. But you don't have the depths. It, you know what I'm saying? You don't have the depth because it's sin. Remember what he, he described woke being earlier as being uh, awakened from deadened and sinful thinking. But now he's saying this can impair our depths of wokeness. So not that we actually won't be woke at all, but that we are woke, just not deep in our woke. And I woke this. That, that's so. So not being saved can possibly impair how deep you are in being woke. Basically, sin and stronghold in their thinking can. So it's not that you can't be woke without it. I mean, you can still be woke. It's just that your simple thinking causes you not to be as deep in your wokeness. So really, being woke is not redeemed at all. Woke is the same definition that's commonly used in the world. So, um, now I'm going to finish off with this. I'm going to close off with this. He says, I was encouraged by one of these woke brothers a while back when a young black man was shot and killed by a police officer. My friend Matt Chandler sent an email to me and a few other black pastors saying, yo, E, I'm sorry about what happened. I don't know what to say. I'm broken hearted. Love you guys. That was all that email said. I guess if it was more said, he just didn't want to disclose it in a book, which I can understand that. But this is the basis of what he's saying. He was sensitive to how every time one of these events takes place, it re-traumatizes our communities. That's a woke brother. So. Who are we? And that, right here, I, I based on the knowledge, I, just, I literally put it. So, because... Wow. Okay. So he's woke. He's a woke brother because he sent the email to you and the other brothers saying how he's sorry that this happened and that he loves you. Basically. He's sorry that it happened. I loved you and, uh, you know, I'm broken hearted. And I love you. Okay, so that makes you woke. Okay. So you're telling me that when someone gets killed, murdered, and I don't know the content, I don't know what black guy was killed. He doesn't give the name. He gave the name of Dylan Roof when he got shot, but he didn't give the name of the black guy who got shot by a police officer. So we can't look that case up. I don't know what he was referring to, but Matt Chandler knows and he knows. But I don't know what he was referring to. I guess the other black pastors know who, who he's referring to. Um, but I'm going to assume that this was an unjust shooting. I'm going to assume that. For the sake of this conversation, if it was an unjust shooting and a black man lost his life, a man lost his life, uh, one who is made in the image of God lost their life unjustly, you're telling me that because you didn't get an email from other white pastors saying this word, saying these words, that they're not woke? I mean, anybody, everybody can say, I'm sorry that that person lost their laws. It is broken heart when somebody loses their life unjustly. It is sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, if you, and if that affects you like that, I am sorry. 
You know, like man, like yeah. So that makes that makes the person woke. Hmm. I thought I thought woke was being awakened from dead and, and sinful thinking. I thought that's what you was redeeming the word to mean. So I guess Matt Chandler was the was the woke brother and all those who didn't send an email or say those exact words aren't really awakened from dead and sinful thinking. Then I will have to ask the question, what's sinful thinking? What are these people guilty of that they have to repent of? I don't know. I guess I won't know that answer. But anyway, um, that's my time on that. So this right here is just talking about the def defining woke. What woke is concerning um, Dr. Eric Mason. Um, I hope it's been helpful for you. Um, please leave your comments. Uh, feel free to have a discussion with me. Feel free to call me at 801-980-6333. Leave a voicemail or have a conversation with me personally. Or you can email me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com. I would love to have a conversation with you. We got to keep this conversation going. Uh, I'm definitely open to it. Um, so, with that being said, thank you once again for watching this episode of Prescribing Truth Podcast. Please check out more Prescribing Truth on the side. And remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing the doc prescribes is truth. Blessings.